with the Holy Spirit and not just because we can. Hallelujah. So it is not of the letter. It's very important. When we read the word of God, when we do spiritual things, we must remember that it is not supposed to be of the letter. But nevertheless, we are reading the Bible. But we must remember that it's the Holy Spirit that is giving us understanding and illumination of the word. Hallelujah. So speak your word to us, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to continue with why we must pray. Important reasons. There are important reasons why you and I must pray. So why should we pray? What is the essence of prayer? This is what we are going to continue to talk about. God bless you all for coming to church and those, uh, uh, all of you online viewers, God bless you. So last week we began to talk about some reasons why we must pray. And the first reason we gave was prayer is an act of faith. Prayer is a great act of faith. So you and I, if we want to demonstrate our faith to God, we must be people who pray. Because without prayer, we do not have faith. Amen. As simple as that. And Jesus gave a parable in Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 8. We'll just look at verse 8. Jesus said, and when the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on earth? But this is talking about persistent prayer. Or when the Son of Man cometh, or when Jesus Christ comes again, will he find people praying persistent prayer? So persistent prayer is a great act of faith. Because if you and I don't have faith in prayer, there's no need to pray. Think about it. Spending one hour a day to pray if you don't believe it. There is no way you and I will spend a lot of time praying to God if we are not sure it's going anywhere. So anytime you and I pray, we are demonstrating faith to God. And then look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we talked about that last week, and I pray that you and I see the importance of prayer, because prayer is a great act of faith. Amen. The second reason why we must pray is that we must pray because prayer makes us into people of authority. This is very important because I have authority on a subject matter when I know it. I have authority that God can answer my prayers or your prayers when I know him, when I speak to him. In Gabriel went to Mary, actually went to uh, uh, Zacharias, Zacharias, when he was the, it was his turn to enter into the Holy of Holies and to uh, perform uh, the duties uh, during the day of atonement. So a priest will be selected and he was selected, it was his turn. So he went to the holy place and when he went to the most holy place or the holy of holies, angel Gabriel appeared unto him, an angel appeared unto him and he was surprised. Now, when the angel told him that his wife, Elizabeth was going to have a child, even though she could not have children and she was past the age of childbearing, Zacharias was surprised. Then Angel Gabriel told him that, be careful. Of course, he didn't say these exact words, be careful. But he said, look, Zacharias, 
remember that I am Gabriel and I am coming from the presence of God. So what I'm saying makes sense. What I'm saying is fact. What I'm saying, you can take it to the bank because I am Gabriel. And it's, if, if I was just Gabriel, that's not good enough. But I'm Gabriel who is coming from the presence of God. So God has spoken to me directly and I'm giving you the message. In the same way, when you and I have gone to the throne room of God and we are spoken to God, you and I pray and we know God. God knows us. God knows our voice. God hears us. And we've come from his throne room. We have that same authority to be able to say, look, I know that God will do it. I know that God will do what he said. I have prayed about it and I know that God is going to answer your prayers or give you what you are asking for. That's because I'm, I just came from his presence. That's why prayer makes you and I into people of authority. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 28 and 29. Matthew chapter 7, very, very important. 2022, we cannot start the year without thinking about prayer. This is our fasting time. We are fasting now. Hallelujah. And as we are fasting, we must remember that it's not just fasting and emptying your stomach. In old, gone are the days where I used to fast or we used to fast and after we fast for periods of time, we only pray for 20 minutes because we are working, we are doing other stuff. We pray for 20 minutes, but we empty our stomachs. Let's say that you are dieting. You are fasting for diet, the, 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 the intermittent fasting. Hallelujah. But prayer must be involved. Prayer must be a part of it. Prayer. Hallelujah. So Matthew chapter 7, verse 28 and 29 says, And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. They were, they were astonished at the things he was saying. Verse 29. For he taught them as one having authority, not as the, as the scribes. Because the scribes, when they, 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 they were speaking or quoting the Bible, they said, now the law of Moses says, now Jeremiah says, now Hosea says, now let's read what Hosea says. But Jesus said, I say, I say. Now Jesus was someone who prayed regularly. He prayed, you, you, some of the common verses you, you, you would read are, a great while before day, Jesus went to a solitary place and there prayed. That, is, that, that shows the importance of Personal prayer. And then, yes, yeah, so a great while before day, a great while before day. And then another verse is praying all night. So Jesus prayed all night. Jesus prayed a great while before day, meaning many hours of prayer. And he, it was his custom to pray. So the Bible says that the, the, the scribes said, this man, the way he's speaking, he's not speaking like the scribes who don't know God who have not entered into his throne room. But he's speaking as one having authority. The Bible says, seeing we, are, we, we, seeing we have a high priest who has experienced what we've experienced, who can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities and was tempted in every point yet without sin, because he, he understands our frailty, we must therefore go boldly to the throne of grace. I said we must therefore go boldly not arrogantly, but boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and help in our time of need. When you've gone to the throne of grace and you've come out, people will have to listen to what you are saying. 
because you are a person of authority. Demons will surrender. The Bible says that Moses, when Moses had gone to the mouth to have his quiet time for 40 days, he had been reading the Bible. Of course, reading the Bible is the same as talking to God. He was speaking to God face to face. Hallelujah, it's similar to reading the Bible. Let me just explain quickly to you what I'm talking about. Look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, and then we will continue. Very, very important scripture. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. Okay, very good. That which we that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. So what was from the beginning? The thing that was from the beginning, which we have heard, John the Revelator is speaking, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, talking about Jesus, and our hands have handled of the word of life. So the word of life, Jesus is the word. We all know it's also from John. John was the unique guy. He was the closest to Jesus. He's, he was unique in his, even in his, his epistle and his epistles and his uh, uh, um, gospel. Hallelujah. So it's very, very important to see that when we, so Moses went and had an experience with God because he had his quiet time. Like I said before, your quiet time is having a, a, a discussion with God. Your quiet time is when God is speaking to you. It's similar to God. It's similar to God being face to face with you. Of course, it's similar, but nevertheless, we all—I'm sure—if we saw Him face to face, we we'll all change our attitudes towards life. Hallelujah! And then He was spending time praying. He was talking to God, and God was talking to Him. The Bible says, "And God spoke to Moses face to face, as a man speaketh to a friend." So when Moses got down from the mount. The Bible says, as he got down and the people were approaching him, the Bible says that the people could not steadfastly behold his face. Meaning that as they saw him, they had to turn because he was shining bright. So the only way they could relate with him was by putting a veil over his face, over his head, so that the shining, the, 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 the brightness will not blind them. What a blessing. That is authority. But that came because he was praying. Hallelujah to Jesus. You and I must be people who pray because prayer makes us into people of authority. And authority emanates from your closeness to God. When you are close to someone, you have, you, 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 when you speak, people listen. When, when, when you are close to someone, I mean, John the Revelator, Judas, for example, Judas was so close to Jesus, that's why he was the treasurer. Judas was so close to Jesus that when he went to the chief priests and the high priest to betray Jesus, they took note and said, look, this man is close to Jesus. What he's saying, we will listen to it. If he's saying that Jesus will be at Gethsemane, he's going to be there. So let's go there. We, we take it seriously. In fact, we are not even going to wait for the proof. We are giving you 30 pieces of silver because we know what you are saying is true because you know him. You speak to him. So it's very, very important that you and I speak to him because authority emanates from our closeness to God. When you are close to someone, you can speak and people will listen. Because if you are close to someone and you, you say that X, Y, Z, uh, 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 maybe you are close to uh, uh, King Jonathan, and King Jonathan says that 
tell the, the country that there will be uh, uh, free rice. Now, the person who is close to King Jonathan, when he goes and speaks out, everyone will take it because he knows the person, he's close to the person, he speaks to the person, the king. Am I saying something you understand? Because King Jonathan uh, uh, always speaks to his servant. So if King Jonathan's servant has been told by King Jonathan that, look, there's going to be free rice for a week. When the servant goes to the world and proclaims it that there's going to be free rice, everyone will believe it. Why? Because of who it came from. The information came from a source, someone who is close to the king. In the same way, when you and I are close to God, when you and I speak to him, when we say in the name of Jesus, demon, you have to bow, demons will have to bow because we have a certain authority. Hallelujah to Jesus. That's why the Bible says in Luke, let's, let's get it, I think it's Luke chapter 10, that even the devils are subject to us through thy name. Hallelujah. How many are getting what I'm saying? Let's look at Luke chapter 10. Let's start from verse 15. Even the devils are, are, are subject to us because we are close to you. That's what they were saying. Luke 10, 15. And thou, and thou Capernaum, which are exalted to heaven, shall be thrust down to hell. Continue. He that heareth you heareth me, and he that despiseth you despiseth me, and he that despiseth me despiseth him that sent me. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. You can hold it. The, the devils are subject. When we say in Jesus' name, I cast you out, the devils listen. When we say by his stripes you are healed, it happens. When we say I cast you out, spirit of infirmity, get out, the demons listen. Because they are subject unto us through the name of Jesus Christ because we have authority. Kingdom authority flowing from his throne unto his own. Hallelujah to Jesus. You can move the verse. Hallelujah. So I pray that you and I will take note of this. Now, let's look at Luke chapter 4, verse 12 to 14. Lucas chapter 4, verse 12 to 14. May you and I be people of authority who, when we speak, it happens. Smith Ugosweth was a man of authority. When he, he spoke and said, this condition has ended today. Thank you. In Jesus' name, I'm going. Let me tell you a story about Smith, and then we'll read the best. There was a time there was a, a, a pastor and his wife. The wife was sick, but I told you, I think she was she had uh, mental health issues. There, there were issues with her, and it's they prayed. They have been praying for many, many months, no results. So this pastor had called different pastors to pray for the wife, no results. So he heard that Smith Ugosweth was available. So he wrote to Smith Ugosweth if he could come to pray for the wife. Smith Ugosweth felt by the Lord that it was necessary to go. So Smith Ugosweth, you know, took a train, came to where the man was in the, in the United Kingdom. And the, the man drove him to his house. 
when Smedugo Swift entered the house, he put he removed his hat, put it down, asked for the wife. When the wife saw him, she started screaming. And he said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Now get out now in Jesus' name. And then he put his hat on and said, take me back. The man said, oh, how? How? I've, I've paid for your ticket to come and pray for my wife and deliver her. And you've just said a few words and you put your hat on and you are telling me to go. Now, said, now, it's done. All right, everything is settled. The man was hurt, offended. He drove Smithugos went home, I mean, to, to the bus stop, I mean, or the train station, very quiet, very, very disturbed, very, very upset. Smithugos went home. When the man got back home, the wife was clean, sound, perfectly healed because of the authority he had. Because when you have authority, you don't have to have prayer meetings at the, 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 the hospital place, or you are going somewhere and there's an accident, someone you get, you, 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 you see someone who has an accident on the, uh, on the street and is dying. You can, who are you gonna call for the prayer meeting? You have to pray right there and command healing because of the authority you have. When Peter and John were going towards the gate called Beautiful, as they were approaching the gate called Beautiful, they saw a man who had been laid there for days, yes, even Jesus saw him but passed by, laid there for days, yes, crippled, paralyzed, paralyzed, could never walk in his life, paralyzed. Ankle bones were weak. And as they approached, Peter and John approached him, and the man thought he was getting some arms, so he looked attentively, attentively, expecting to get some money from Peter or John. Then Peter fixed his eyes on this, this man and said, silver and gold, I don't have it, but I'll give you what I have. Now you and I, we must have to give, but you can only have when you are a prayerful person, when you are a person of the word, when you are a person of authority. So Peter said, silver and gold, I don't have it for you, but I can give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man leaped up and walked. The Bible says, and his, his ankle bones received strength, and the man leaped up and walked. Why? Because of the authority that Peter had through prayer. Hallelujah to Jesus. Luke 4 14. Let's start from 12, sorry. 12. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. And after the, ten, the last temptation, uh, so Jesus told Satan, get thee, get, get, you know, get thee behind me. You know. Jesus uh, uh, rebuked the devil and said, look, don't, I'm not supposed to tempt the Lord of God. So don't tell me to throw myself down because God said he'll give his angels charge concerning me. No, don't tell me that. Verse 13. You can read Luke chapter 4 later on. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Usually, the devil just departs for a season. Continue. You see, the devil departs for, 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 for a season. Even when you are old, until you, 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 how do I say, you breathe your last breath, the devil is there to tempt. Yes, maybe you are not going to chase a woman or a man, or going to steal or going to fornicate or whatever, but your words, you can speak wrong words before you die, or you can speak wrong words at the end. The devil can entice people to say the wrong things. Hallelujah. Verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power 
of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region abroad. Now, this is very important because the Bible says that Jesus had fasted, prayed and fasted. Straight from his prayer and fasting and being tempted by the devil, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. May you and I return with power after our fast. I said, may you and I return with power. If you are watching and you are not fasting, I want to encourage you, even the online viewers, fast is very important to fast the beginning of the year, prayer and fasting. Jesus said certain things cannot come out. Certain things cannot happen except we pray and fast. Hallelujah. So this is very important. So let's continue. So Jesus returned in the power. Now the word power is dunamis, which means miraculous power, ability, abundance, strength, violence, mighty, wonderful work, and enabling power. So Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. So it clearly shows that when you and I pray, and we are people who pray on a regular basis, not less than one hour a day, we would return from prayer with power. And the demons will be subject unto us through the name of Jesus. Remember, let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 12 quickly. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Other versions say, against spiritual wickedness in the heavenlies. So what the Bible is saying is that we wrestle not, or our struggle is not against human beings, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So all these principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, all these things, all these entities that fight against us, they are subject unto us through Jesus Christ. But you and I get the boldness and the authority when we are people of prayer. Remember on Sunday, I was sharing about Ephesians chapter 2, verse uh, 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 up to verse 2, from 1 to uh, 9. And I also shared from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 to 24, which talks about the fact that when, when, when Christ, Christ died for our sins on the cross and was buried, you and I were dead in sin. When Christ was being raised from the dead, you and I were also raised from the deadness of our sin. We're also raised together with Christ. And God has caused us, as Christ was raised up and seated at God's right hand, God also caused us to be raised together with Christ, to sit together with him in heavenly places. Then Ephesians chapter 1 says that, that uh, you know, let me start from verse 16. Uh, uh, that he will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding, God wants, or, or Apostle Paul is praying that the eyes of the, the members of the church at Ephesus and all of us, our eyes will be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power 
toward us or to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power, Ephesians 1, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath placed all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, or for the benefit of the church. So it means that you and I, if we were raised up together with Christ, Ephesians 2, and we were caused to sit together with Christ in heavenly places, and Ephesians 1 is explaining that when Christ was raised from the dead, God set him at his right hand, in, he in heavenly places, far above the things we are fighting against. So clearly, if I was seated together with him, and I'm the body and he's the head, and he will set he's above all these things, then I'm above all these things. And if I'm above all these things, I have authority over the devil. I have authority over evil spirits. I don't have authority over human beings. I'm not supposed to dominate over human beings. I'm not supposed to rule over human beings. Because Jesus was given an example, I'll talk about that another time, and said, uh, uh, Peter, John and James wanted to be, the, you know, we'll talk about that later on, but John and James asked Jesus a question and said, Lord, will you answer, will you give us what we want? He said, say on. They said, when we go to heaven, will you, will you allow us, will, will you grant that myself and my brother, one will sit on your left, one will sit on your right? Of course, their mother was involved. Another, you know, their mother was involved. And Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. You don't know what you're asking. Are you going to be able to drink the cup that I'm drinking and be baptized with the baptism that I'm being baptized? With? That, that, that it means a lot. Hallelujah. But, and then they said, yes, we can. And then Jesus said, indeed, you will drink of the cup and be baptized with the baptism. But whether you will sit on my left or my right, it is not for me to give. But it is, it, it, it is for those who have been chosen and, that it, it, and it, it has been prepared for them. So there are certain places in heaven, certain ranks in heaven that are prepared or pre-prepared for people. Hallelujah. And those people would have to go through the baptism and drink of those cups of suffering. That's a different topic altogether. So don't be careful what you ask about heaven. Then Jesus went on to say that what you people, you ask this thing for the wrong reason. Why, why do you ask that? And the other disciples were angry with him. Then Jesus said, the rulers of this world, when they are exercising authority over the people, their subjects, they lord over them, they rule over them, they dominate over them, they control them. But that should not be with you. Because the one who should be the chiefest or the, 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 the top apostle should rather be the servant. The one who, should, who, who is supposed to be the proton or the first or the first ranking should be the, the waiter, the, 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 the lowest of them. So God, will, there's no domination to, for human beings. Our domination is against evil spirits that fight against us. That's why the apostle said, 
in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. The only things that are subject to us are, 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 are evil spirits and maybe animal. But at least evil spirits, that one, we know it's in the Bible, so let's just say evil spirits. Even though Adam was given dominion over all the animals and all that, but not over human beings. Hallelujah. So God wants you and I to rule and dominate over circumstances. But it's through prayer because the authority I have, the authority you have should be able to cause us to say, peace be still. And there will be peace. But how can you say peace be still when you've not spoken to the source of power? How are you going to say peace be still when you've prayed for five minutes? How are you going to say peace be still if you've not even spoken to the source of power and you are going to command? Ladies and gentlemen, you and I must pray for miracle power. I said you and I must pray and trust God. Let's look at one more verse. Luke 4, 31 and 32. Luke 4, 31 and 32. And it came to pass in Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and, and, sorry, and came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power. When you are someone who doesn't pray, there's no anointing, there's no power. When you speak, it doesn't move things. It doesn't change things. When you pray, it does, it, yes, of course, prayer works. But even the Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So it means that your prayer must be effective, must be effectual. You must be someone who is regular in prayer also. And you must be righteous for your prayer to work. If you are not righteous, your prayer cannot work. It's not guaranteed. You can turn it back. If you are not righteous, you can, your prayer will not work. Christian. If you, you are not righteous, your prayer will not work. I'm pausing because I want you to sink in. Nevertheless, if you say you are a Christian, then you are righteous. Because our righteousness is by faith in Jesus Christ. My righteousness and your righteousness has been given to us as a free gift. There are many verses about that in Romans. But Romans chapter 10, verse 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. So you and I, that verse, don't never say, Oh, I'm not righteous. Because I'm not righteous, uh, uh, there's no point. This verse doesn't apply to me. Once you are born again, Christian, it applies. So the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. So it means that after the righteous man, you've passed it. Just live a righteous life and do works of righteousness. But uh, uh, nevertheless, even though you live a righteous life, it's like live who you are. You and I will never be righteous, not even once if we rely on what we do. Anyone who is confident that they are righteous because they've not done wrong, 
most likely you have to even question your salvation because you might have gone back to the law. That's not what we are talking about. Our righteousness is by faith in Jesus Christ. But a righteous person will behave righteous even though the behavior is not what qualifies you for righteousness. What do you think? The effectual. So the righteous part is satisfied. But what you and I need to do extra is to make sure that our prayer is effectual and is fervent. But if you're not someone who prays regularly, it's, it, it's not automatic that your prayer is fervent and effectual. Your heartfelt, effectual, earnest and treaty, effectual, fervent prayer will avail much. So ladies and gentlemen, pray because prayer makes you into a person of authority. When you pray, God listens. When you pray, heaven listens. When you pray, the results are sure because you, you, you are a regular person in, in God's throne room. You speak to the, 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 the one inside. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You speak to the one inside. You pray to God. You are, you, 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 you are always, he always has your audience in heaven. You are a regular person in heaven. As for heaven, it's auto, always automatic. Oh, yeah, we are, we are waiting for him. We are waiting for him. It's, it's automatic that heaven will hear you. Because heaven hears you when you pray, it is guaranteed. So you and I must start. 2022, if you are, you are not someone who prays an hour, start and just build it up to an hour. Start with 20, you know, not 20, start with 30 minutes. Climb up to one hour and keep climbing. But don't settle with the five minutes. Don't settle. If you have to wake up earlier, wake up earlier. You don't understand. I, I, I'm so busy at work. By the time I finish work, I'm so tired. You don't understand. I don't. But Jesus does. That's why you can wake up earlier. Maybe an hour earlier. Pray and have a quiet time before. So you wake up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. Wake up at 4 then you have an extra hour. Whatever you and I need to do, prayer is very important. You and I can never be too busy, too important, too blessed to pray. No, no one is ever too busy. No one is ever too busy. Even Daniel, even Daniel who was prime minister, prime minister who, who was busier than you and I, very, very busy, prime minister. Even Daniel prayed three times a day and nothing could prevent him from praying. You and I can never be too busy. How can you be too busy to speak to the one who's, who, in whose hands your breath is in? How can you be too busy to pray to the one who has marked, who, who has marked our habitation and can extend it? When I say habitation, he, he, has, he, he has determined the day of death and can extend it. And any negative things we do to hasten our death, our prayer and our devotion to him and our, our asking for mercy can extend it and remove the speedy death and extend it to uh, the time that we desire. 
How can you be too busy to pray to that one? How can you be too busy to pray for the one who sustains us, who protects us? How can you be too busy to pray to the one who sent his son to die for us? How can you be too busy to pray to the one who is giving you the first class ticket to heaven? How can you, is it so boring that you and I cannot speak to God? Then how are we going to be able to make it in heaven? Then won't it be before the heaven? Of course not, but who knows whether God might be asking that question, even though he knows the answer. It's not easy for all of us to pray, but we have to just say to ourselves, I'm going to pray. I don't feel like praying, but I'm going to pray. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like praying every day, but I just have to tune my mind and say, look, I will be spiritual and religious. When I need to be spiritual, I feel like praying. Oh, glory to God. But when I don't feel like praying, I don't feel like praying at all. I need to just kick in and say, look, I got to pray. That's how you and I must do it. Don't pray because you feel like praying. Pray because you have to pray. As you keep praying, you will love to pray and want to pray. When you are in love with someone, you are not forced to speak to the person. When you are in love with someone, you, pray, you, you speak to the person, you speak, you speak, you speak, you speak. Am I speaking to someone? So pray because prayer makes you and I into people of authority. And God will bless you. I'm not out of word, just out of time. We will continue, God willing, next week. Shall we speak to the Lord and ask the Lord to speak to us, to touch our hearts so that we will be prayerful? Speak to the Lord and ask him to help you. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Can you turn to it? 13 or 14, I believe it's 13. Philippians chapter 2 says, For it is God who or which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Yes. But it is God who works in you. It is God who works in us. He works in us. So pray, God, work in me to be a person who prays. Touch my heart and make me a person who prays for at least an hour a day. Because, Lord, you ask the disciples. You ask Peter, James, John, you ask them, Lord, you ask them, could you know what you do for one hour? Watch and pray that you fall not into temptation. Lord, you said it, so it means that one hour is important. Lord, give me the grace to pray for one hour. Your word says in Philippians 2, 13, that it is you who works in us, both to will and to do. So Lord, since you work in us, both to will and to do, Lord, I'm speaking to you and I'm asking you, since you have the power to help me to do it, I want to but I need you to give me that will. Give it to me, Lord. Speak to him. I have no time. But when you speak to him and you use his word in the prayer, it is, it is guaranteed. God will bless you. Father God, we bless your name and we worship you. We pray that you speak to us. Give us the grace to be people who pray for at least an hour a day. Work in us both to will to pray and to pray over an hour a day in the name of Jesus. Whilst we pray, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
If you are not born again, and you know in your heart that you are far away from God, if you know that if you die today or Christ Jesus comes today, which he can come as I'm preaching, if he comes today, you do not know whether you will go to heaven or hell. If you want to be washed with the blood of Jesus Christ, then I want you to raise your hands where you are. Those online viewers, you can raise your hands where you are and repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he came down from heaven and he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Lord, please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Father God, we bless those who have surrendered their lives to you. Keep them, preserve them in Jesus' name, amen. If you've given your life to Christ, I want to encourage you to go to church. Very important. Hebrews 10.25 says we shouldn't neglect the gathering of ourselves together. We shouldn't neglect church attendance. I pray that you do that. You would go to church, you'd read your Bible, you would pray, and you would tell someone about Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Father God, we bless you and we thank you for each and every one of us who are watching and listening. Father God, we pray that you would cause us to see good days and to see good days, long life, we pray, O oh God, for your hedge of fire and protection to be around each and every one of us. May you protect us from all plagues, all viruses, all bacteria. May you protect us and deliver us from evil. May you cause us to excel and to, to receive more things that we had from you than we had in 2021. May 2022 be our best year ever. And may 2022 be the beginning of greater things ahead. Keep us and preserve us. In Jesus' name, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.